It's coming down. It's coming nearer to this old town. Rich and poor, weak and strong, is bringing mercy. It won't be long. Healing rain is coming down. It's coming closer to the lost and found. Tears of joy and tears of shame washed forever in Jesus' name. Healing rain, it comes with fire, so let it fall and take us high. Healing rain, I'm not afraid to be washed in heaven's rain. Praise the Lord, it's chat time. Yes, praise the Lord, it is chat time once again. Now we will continue to discuss current events and scriptures. Praise the Lord. So last week we were talking about why Christians, well, one of the topics was why Christians fear dying, you know, and they, and so they, this article that we talked about said that there were three reasons, and one is that we don't want those who love us to grieve our passing, number two. A second reason is that Christians fear the process of dying. And the third is that Christians, uh, the fear of death face, Christians faces our desire not to leave this world until we've completed our work in this world. Right, and that was taking exception to the, the word fear. Right, so I got, you know, after we talked about this on the program, then I started thinking about, I started thinking about fear, you know. And I ran across this article on, I think it was spiritdaily.com. 
and I, it's it's a very simple, <laughs> straightforward. And I found myself saying this during the week because things would crop up that that I would feel anxious about, or I was afraid of, or not specifically about dying, but just in general. And this article says, in the spiritual world, the most powerful words are the simplest. The Lord and his disciples conversed simply. And the most powerful words are humble words, especially these three words. And the words are, Jesus is Lord. You don't have to pre have to have a priest or a minister or a teacher or anybody. You can just it's very straightforward. It cuts right to the truth. And it and and that's the truth. It cuts right to the truth. So it goes on to say, in times of trouble, you say, Jesus is Lord. When you start fretting over money, Jesus is Lord. When you're fretting over loved ones or your loved ones aren't doing right, Jesus is Lord. When you worry over retirement, Jesus is Lord. When you wonder how are you going to pay for your child's college education, Jesus is Lord. What is this strange pain that I have? And Lord knows I have a lot of them, you know. And you say, Jesus is Lord. How do you discern whether or not you should get a vaccination? Jesus is Lord. And you listen to doctors, you listen to voices on the YouTube, you listen to voices on the TV or the radio, and what is it? Some of those are just from the Tower of Babel, but Jesus is Lord. Are we really facing apocalyptic events? Jesus is Lord. So it doesn't matter what we're facing. It doesn't matter what we're going through. It doesn't matter if we don't know how we're going to pay off all our credit card debt. Jesus is Lord. It doesn't matter if our family likes us or not. Jesus is Lord. And when I started to say those things after every, and I'd stop, because, you know, your mind wanders during the course of the day or when you're all by yourself and you start thinking about, or even when you're trying to sleep, you can't sleep. And things pop into your head. And, you know, when they pop into your head, what do you say? Jesus is Lord. And you know what I found this past week is that when I said that, it just seemed like everything was being put in perspective. It seemed like, you know, I know that God will supply my needs. I know that God hears me. I know that. But those scriptures, I say all the time. But when I say Jesus is Lord, to me, you know, that means that I can see him sitting on the throne above me, taking care of my business, taking care of things that bother me. You know, so I found that very comforting. And I don't know if that can comfort anybody else, but when you worry about your money and about your credit card debt, about your family, about about how you're going to pay your bills, how you're going to, you know, is your health going to be better? Are you going to find a job? Are you going to, you know, whatever it is, am I going to make it through retirement? Jesus is Lord. I mean, you can say all those other scriptures, and that's good. You should. But because the, it, it, it's where a person's faith is. Like a person might say, 
God is able. Right. You know, because they know they're in a situation that say, Lord, but, but it's you, you are able. Or you might say, uh, Lord, whatever your will is. You know, I, I, you know, because if you submit yourself to the Lord, it, it, not my will, but your will be done. So, so it's, it's wherever you are. You know, I think about that uh, scripture where it says, "You shall uh, mount up with wings of eagle." You know, and then you shall uh, run and not be weary. You shall walk and not faint. And and sometimes you're in a situation where you're doing all three. Some things you just breeze through. Some things, you know, you're going through. Some things takes patience, mm-hmm. and you have to take your time going through it. You know, so uh, so it just depends on where you are in faith. But the word of God becomes alive in you, and then out of nowhere, God will give you a scripture that will comfort you. And then the article goes on to say that you know during these times, and and it should be all the time, not just during this time. Mm-hmm. the end of this pandemic or, or whatever, you ha- also have to remember the refrain, you are not of this world. Right. So when you let yourself feel regret over money, fame, jobs, power, or why didn't I pursue this area in my life or this course of business, or remember, you are not of this world. Right. Because God's... When- so there'll become a time when it's like you didn't marry, didn't have children. He said, that's how swiftly things go. When you see how others judge you on the basis of money or what trouble you are going through, mm-hmm. don't worry about it. Just don't trouble yourself. Just recall, you are not of this world. Right. Actually, it doesn't matter what other people think or say exactly. about you or your life or your finances or your home. Or, things, yes. it, it doesn't matter because you're not of this world. The bottom line is, are they saved? Right. Are they saved? Mm-hmm. When you meet up against strange resistance, even rejection, perhaps from relatives, perhaps from old friends, it may be because you are not of this world. Right. What does light have to do with darkness? You know, there's a separation between the righteous and the unrighteous. It just naturally occurs. And this one's kind of tickles me. When you wonder why you can't stomach television, right. <laughs> why mm-hmm. you can't get this joke or that joke, or why obscenities stab your spirit, right. then you know you are not of this world. Right. When so. you're tempted to lust, to jealousy, to anger, to regret, to envy, to feud, to insult, to politics, to argumentation, remember, you are not of this world. And, and it's true. Right. You have to, there's a separation. And so the Lord said, we are a peculiar people. And, and they say, they think it's strange that you don't run to the excess, you know, like, like they are in, in their unrighteousness. They think something's wrong with the saint, you know. They think something's wrong with you. Something's wrong with us when we don't do as they do. You know, and a lot of times you can, as you get older, you see other people being so successful that you think are so successful. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got a good job or they've got a lot of money and or they're, they've bought this house and they're fixing it up and you wonder, how do they get all that money to fix up this ho- that house of theirs? And well, you know, just remind yourself, Jesus is Lord and you're not of this world. Right. God's going to take care of you. That's right. You know, uh, it's true. They have the things that don't last. We have the thing that lasts eternal. 
Right. And some people, that's not enough for their flesh because they're in the flesh. That's, you know, uh, I used to hear what, uh, years back, they didn't want theirs when their reward when they went to heaven. They wanted their reward now. Well, you know what? I think that there's an, a scripture that says that the Lord will bless you with things now and in eternal life. Mm-hmm. I mean, he says that you can have life and have it more abundantly, but he also says that you, you know, he will give you the things that you desire now in addition to eternal life. Right. You know, so we've got the best of both worlds. So anyway, you're, you're not of this world. You're of the world where Jesus is king. Jesus is savior. Jesus is at the right hand of the father where Jesus is Lord. And I found that to be very helpful for me this week. Um, I don't know, because I was just thinking about so much. And then when I, we were talking about fear and the fear of dying. and the, mm-hmm. So I don't know, maybe that'll help someone who's listening. And then I read across this article that says, with God, anything is possible. And I don't know if anybody knows this actor, Danny Trejo. No. And um, what did he act in? I'm not exactly sure. He's seventy. He's a seventy-seven-year-old actor. Um, really? I don't so know. I don't know. He acted in various movies. Too many to list. So, but oh, okay. Yeah, well, anyway, he, I think he was like more gangster type. <laughs> he played like in mob movies. He played like villains. You know. Anyway, sometimes he wrote a memoir of his life. And he opened up about how God ushered him through prison and out of the life of drugs and violence. His uh, memoir is called My Life of Crime, Redemption, and Hollywood. And it was released just recently. And it talks about everything in his life from an abusive childhood to imprisonment and from facing a painful loss to ultimately finding God. He was, he's a former convicted felon, and he shared with Fox News not too long ago how his life changed after he made a bad deal. After he made a, after he made a, that's my old eyeballs Mm -hmm. not reading it right. After he made a deal with God during his imprisonment 53 years ago. Okay. First of all, I made a deal with God in 1968. I said, because he figured he was never going to get out of jail. Okay. He said, if you let me die with dignity, I'll say your name every day. I'll do whatever I can for my fellow inmate. And then he said, I never thought I was getting out of prison. And God let me out of prison. I got out on August 23rd, 1969. I have to say that with God, nothing can hurt you. He asserted, anything is possible. Without God, you're dead. And I know that I would be without the faith that I have. He's 77 years old, and he shares how he asks God every morning to let him be of help to others. I wake up every morning and say, Dear Heavenly Father, please let me help whomever I can for my fellow man. And I'll say your name every day 
and I'll do whatever I can, and it's been working, he explained. He lived up to his deal, and I'm living up to mine. I even asked God a couple of days ago, how am I doing? <laughs> he said, and he's saying that the Lord said, Trejo, you're doing great. Keep it up. You're almost out of hell, the actress said, laughing. Trejo, who has over 50 years of sobriety, told Fox News about his past drug problem, noting that he needed healing. I got clean in 1968 in prison. Then I got out of prison in 1969. It seemed like I did better, but there was still something missing, he noted. I didn't think turning me on to marijuana was abuse when I was eight years old. I thought it was sharing. It was a form of abuse. I didn't know. So when you finally start realizing, wait a minute, man, this is not right, that's when the healing really began. Right. This is almost like the same way when people give their children a, a strong drink. You know, they start them out sipping. There are some people, uh, they would say, when I was a child, you know, my father, my mother would let me take a sip of their drink or they would give them that, you know, to put, make uh -huh. them sleep. Yeah. And by the time they were teenagers, they were alcoholics. Right, right. Trejo first rose to fame in 1985 when he was cast as a boxer in the film Runaway Train and has since become one of Hollywood's most successful stars. With more than 380 credits under his name, the veteran has starred in an array of television shows, video games, films, including modern classics, Heat, From Dusk Till Dawn, and Machete. In I, addition to I, I watched his, Dust to Dawn, and that I recognize. <laughs> in addition to his 36-year film career, he also found success as a businessman. According to CBN News, Trejo owns seven food services businesses in Los Angeles and may expand his franchise across the nation. So the Lord has really blessed, blessed him. him, and I don't think anybody can go wrong Nope. Believing in God and trusting God and trusting that He's going to do give you a good life. Right. You can't go wrong. And that's what the Lord expects you to do because you can't do it on your own. I can't. We just don't have the authority nor the ability. You know, I was listening to a, a preacher talk recently about um, how people are so tormented. You know, they want to do the right thing. You know, but then they sin. That the pressure of the sin is so. I mean, it's on your mind. You don't want to do it. You don't want to do it. You don't want to do it. Then all of a sudden, you find yourself doing because, it because the flesh, without the Holy Ghost, you can't. You have no power. It reminds me of people who are alcoholics or drug addicts, or right. you know, you can try on your own to do, to stay clean and sober for so long. And you might. But but and then, maybe it'll be from a week, a month, or oh, you might kick the habit months. all all together. I mean, for but that. it but it's like it's all. He, this preacher was saying that it's on your mind, right? It's it's haunting you. It's on your mind, and before you know it, you're giving into that. that you, and you might you might not give into that, but you might give into something else because without the Holy Ghost, you're powerless. So you there's a void. So say for instance, if you give up one. Uh, habit without the Holy Ghost another habit takes its place and I, and I remember this person said well they, they had got them off of heroin but they were hooked on that um, 
The substitute that they give the, the people who are, are drug addicts, they were hooked on the drug that substituted for heroin. Oh, you know, yeah. it's like, or person said, well, I, I, I used to smoke this, but now they're like a chain smoker. You know, it's just yeah. like they, they just gave up one for the other, but what they say is, it's not as bad as what I left. You know, what I'm doing now isn't as bad as what I gave up. But it's a substitute right. for. Right, a substitute, right. Because wherever there's a void, something comes to fill it. So if you don't let the Lord fill that void, sin is going to fill it. Well, moving on. Someone sent me this article about Pelosi. <laughs> and it says, San Francisco Archbishop is addressing Pelosi. Uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's, mm-hmm. uh, and actually this Catholic Archbishop is in Pelosi's hometown of San Francisco, California, and he slammed her recent support of eliminating the Hyde Amendment, suggesting that she is not the devout Catholic she claims to be. To use the smokescreen of abortion as an issue of health and fairness to poor women is the epitome of hypocrisy. It sure is to say, you know, you'd be healthy if you kill your child. <laughs> what about the health of the baby being killed, the San Francisco bishop right. said? Yes. What about giving poor women real choice so they are supported in choosing life? The archbishop added, it is people of faith who run pro-life crisis pregnancy clinics, they are the only ones who provide poor women life-giving alternatives to having babies killed in their wombs. I cannot be proud of my fellow Catholics who are so prominent in providing this vital service, he added. To them I say you are the ones worthy to call yourselves devout Catholics. He continued, let me repeat, no one can claim to be a devout Catholic and condone the killing of innocent human life, let alone have the government pay for it. Right. Well, they don't even need to say government having us taxpayers. Taxpayers to pay for for it. it. At the end of July, Pelosi expressed support for eliminating the Hyde Amendment, a federal policy in place since 1976, prohibiting most abortions from being funded through Medicaid. Pelosi defended her support of abortion, which goes against the teachings of the Catholic Church, by calling herself a devout Catholic who believes it is unfair to tell people what to do. I was, and I wasn't, ah, wasn't going to really crazy. talk about this, you know, but then this, it's this last paragraph that made a difference to me as to whether or not I should... Oh, five years from them to tell us what to do. (laughs) As a devout Catholic and mother of five in six years, I feel that God blessed my husband and me with our beautiful family. Five children in six years, almost to the day, Pelosi said. But that may not be what we should. But that may not be what we should. It's not up to me to dictate that that's what other people should do. And it's an issue of fairness and justice for poorer women in our country. And when I read that, I thought immediately that what makes her think that only poor women in our country want abortions? Right. Is she insane yes. or what? Yes. I mean, <laughs> so you're rich and you, you live this light, 
life, uh, your elite life, they do it in secret. Right. They have the ability to pay for it and they won't tell anybody. Right. They hide what they do. If you've got any kind of money and you're not that poor, yeah. Yes. I mean, poor it's, it's women a, in our country need this. Right. It's amazing that uh, women's rights brought along with it immorality. And I think, too, like when they say uh, you can't, they always say you can't tell them what to do with their bodies. Well, it's the same way for the vaccine. You can't tell us what to do with our, our bodies either. You can't make us take the vaccine. So what's right. good for the goose should be good for the gander. Well, that's a good point. And yes. maybe we'll talk about that in our next program. Yes, praise the Lord and let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Today's verse of the day comes from Revelations 22 and 14. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. Now, ain't God all right? God is all right. Praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was, what is your life? And the answer is a vapor. And that answer can be found in James chapter 4, verse 14, which reads, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. This week's food for thought is, why should we cast our cares on the Lord? Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought. <laughs>